here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. We're going to go to the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, because that's going to be our series. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 is going to be our series. And we're going to read verse 9 through verse number 12, but verse 12 is the key verse. Verse 9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and the desire that you might be filled, don't forget that word, filled with knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord under all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, under all patience and long-suffering with there it is, joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of God, dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Thank God for his word. We minister that. That's on podcast. Hope you get in there and get that word. Amen. This word is really, 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 really good. Amen. So what we want to do this morning, we want to go to close out this series. I'm not saying that we won't have a volume four. I don't even know. Right now, I know we have a part five and six for the day, closing out volume number three. On giving thanks to the Father. That's verse number 12. Giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partake of the inheritance of the saints in life. So our series, volume one, two, three, six tapes each after today will be on giving thanks to the Father. So what we're going to do today is take the series, and that's going to be our subject. Giving thanks to the Father, part five, volume three. Giving thanks to the Father, part five, volume three. What a mighty God we serve. So today, we're going to go to God in prayer. He has all the answers. Amen. Father, we thank you now for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for giving us your Son. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us all grace. We thank you for your mighty, mighty power. Thank you, Lord, for your righteousness, your peace, your joy in the Holy Spirit. We give thanks for all things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, Lord, we thank you for your righteousness. Thank you for your making us right in your presence, in your sight. Thank you for your joy that we are able to minister this word with joy. And then we thank you for your peace that keeps us in the midst of the storm. All the grief that prayer says... Amen. Amen. All right. Now, we're going to show you in this teaching, the whole purpose of this teaching is to show you how the Apostle Paul got his message on grace. We're going to show it to you. We're not teaching that today. We got series on, uh, on that. But I want to show you today uh, uh, how you can walk in the Spirit. I'm going to show you today some keys to understanding God's Word. Some keys today. So if you're, if you're taking notes today, you really want to take notes today. Some of you out there on Facebook today, you want to be able to follow me along and might take some notes today because I got a lot of Word, whole lot of Word. Giving thanks to the Father. Now we're going to show you how Paul got this. His message, his ministry was based on prayer. His ministry was based on prayer. But let's get right into God's Word. Colossians 1 and 12, giving thanks to the Father of our series. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Ephesians. So we're going to back up from Colossians. Let's go back to Ephesians. And we're going to look at chapter number 5 and verse 17 and 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 and verse 18. That's what we want to show you. Now, in these two verses, I'm going to be reading them also out of the NLT. 
But I want to show you what this verse said out of the King James. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 17 and 18. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, don't forget that verse. Paul says, don't be unwise, otherwise be wise. And watch what he says, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, remember last week, I talked to you last week, and I talked to you about the mind and the heart. And you can have things on your mind, but they never get into your heart. So you have to understand the mind and the heart is totally different. The heart is, is, is the incubator. It's where all of the things are. It's where Christ dwells. See, Christ dwells in your heart by faith, right? And we know all God's treasures in your heart. Everything, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, everything that's in Christ is in you. All right, now, but they first got to come through the mind. All right, and that's why I look at the mind as the door of the spirit life. Because it has to come in the door, the mind. That's why you have to be saved. That's why you have to have the mind of Christ. If you don't have his mind, you can't get anything into the heart. So God, when God give you a new mind, he give you a new heart also. So those are last week's message. So you're going to be able to get that this week on your podcast. But with that in mind, think about what he just said. In Ephesians 5, 17, he says, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understand. What, understanding has to be in the heart. So he didn't just tell you to listen. He said, understand. See, understanding is in the heart. You got to understand what the will of the Lord is. All right? Not just I heard, I read with understanding, all right? Once you understand something, it's life. God's spirit is added to it. Once you understand the word, then the spirit is added to the word. The word without the spirit is the word without understanding. Do you understand? All right, now, I want to take that, and I'm going to read that down to verse number 20. Then we're going to go and show you the other flip side of this. Now, remember he says, understanding what the word of the Lord is. Then in verse number 20, he's going to tell you, giving thanks always for all things under God. Now, he's going he to give you the verse 18, 19. I'm going to go through those, but right now I'm going to just keep you in sequence. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's connect that. Verse 17. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Skip down to verse number 20. Giving thanks. See, if you listen to the Spirit, he'll tell you. Giving thanks always for all things under God. That's just his will. But let's read verse 18 and 19 together. Verse 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And, let, and be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but we fill with the Spirit. Most people hear that. They, they get off the wall and think you're getting filled with the Spirit. Now listen, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit there. All right, how do I know that? Because I just read it in Colossians. Let me go back to Colossians. How do I know he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit? Go back to Colossians chapter 1 and read verse 9. Now, I could have read to verse 7, verse 8 said, who also, we in Colossians 1 and 8, who also declares your love in the Spirit. See, that's what he's talking about. Verse number 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, cease not to pray for you and desire that you might be, there it is, filled. See, but he didn't say filled with the Spirit here. He said filled with the knowledge of his will. Filled with all wisdom. Filled with all spiritual understanding. See, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about getting saved all over again. You got saved in Ephesians chapter 2. By grace you are saved. See, what people do here, they say, well, see, you got to be filled with the Spirit. Now, I know that, but the, the Spirit is a person. 
Let me say it again. The Spirit is a person. He does not come in little by little. He come in all at one time. He's a person. So you don't get a piece of God and a piece of God later. All right? When you get the Spirit, you get the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Here is the fruit of the Spirit. So when you read Ephesians, being filled with the Spirit, he's talking about filled with the knowledge of his will. Filled with all wisdom. Filled with the spiritual understanding. Verse number 10, we in Colossians 1 and 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful. That's what he's talking about, being filled with the Spirit. In every good work, increasing the knowledge of God. Strength with all might. That's what he's talking about. All right, so whether you read Ephesians and Colossians, those two books is how you're able to compare and get what you need from God. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, verse 19 says, speaking yourself in Psalm. See, if you, that's what you're doing. That's a relationship with God. Ephesians 2, when you get saved, relationship. Now you goes on and have fellowship with the Spirit. Speak of yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, watch this, to the Lord. See, that's your fellowship with him every day. All right? But then he didn't stop there. He told you how to do it. Giving thanks. Always. So we're going through a, a situation in this country with a virus that I believe that could have been self-contained with wisdom and knowledge and understanding, with people who know what they're doing. But in the meantime, we have over 175,000 people who have died in this country. we over a half million, on our way to a three-quarter of a million viruses in this country. All could have been avoided. See, this is what happens when you don't have the wisdom of God. But here he says, speak of yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's your fellowship with the Lord. Then in verse 20, giving thanks always. So you can't stop giving thanks always. See, giving thanks always, watch this, for all things under God. Now a lot of people take the all things and they do not understand. He's not talking about thanking God for the coronavirus. And you say, well, that's all things. No, no, no. Here's somebody just, uh, just lost control of their car. Somebody run a red light and kill this person. You don't thank God for all things. He's talking about the word. See, I don't know what you're talking about, but God talking about the word. When God used the word, things, you have to know he's talking about the word. Now, with, with that in mind, let me just show you that first. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is why you don't need to be messing with this book unless God has anointed you to do that. If not, you'll tell somebody, yeah, but you know the Bible says all things work together for good. And then you're talking about coronavirus. Coronavirus not working together for your good. Coronavirus is out to kill you. But when God said all things, how many know what that verse is? That, that's a, out there on Facebook. How many know what that verse is? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So how many out there know where that is? See, that's what that's about. Do you know what, what it means? Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, well, don't take long, does it? When you know the word. So let's go there first. See, if you know what the word says. See, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28 says, and we know, watch this, that all things. Now, see, when God says all things, you got to know what he means when he's talking about all things. So he's not talking about coronavirus. Because that's not in the book. See, he's talking about all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's talking about the new covenant. So when he said all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose, he's talking about his word. All things, he's talking about what he gave you, the new covenant. 
Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, and let's look at verse 6. Now remember the word things. How be it, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come and not, but we speak the wisdom of God. See, that's all things he's talking about. He's talking about the gospel of Christ. He's talking about the, the wisdom of God. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Here we go. But as it is written, I had not seen. He, what, what he's talking about? Talking about these things. Nor ear heard, neither have entered to the heart of man the things. Well, what things he's talking about? The thing that work together for your good, which is the new covenant which is God's grace, God's mercy, God's love, God's wisdom, God's joy. See, that's what he's talking about. But I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them, what? Them things unto us by his spirit. What things? The new covenant. For the spirit searches all things, Talking about the new covenant. Yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God. Knoweth no man but the spirit of God. See, the things of God. He's not talking about coronavirus, working together for your good. He's he talking about the things. The new covenant. The gospel of Christ. He's talking about his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding. His righteousness, his peace, his joy. He's talking about his inheritance. He's talking about his son. He's talking about his Holy Spirit. He's talking about his grace, his mercy, his love, his kindness. See, you can go on and on. Those are the things. Those are God things. So that's why when you get into God's word, he said, think on things that are lovely, just and pure and honest and good report. If there be any virtue, think on these things. See, he's not talking. So you got to be able to understand the word of God. And you don't need to be messing with this word if you do not have the revelation of the mystery. If you don't have the revelation of Jesus Christ, you have no business teaching this Bible. You don't know yet. You need to be taught. Please get taught first. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks above all, giving thanks always. Now listen to it again giving thanks always for all things under God. So I've been naming some things that you're supposed to be thanking God for. I'm going to give you some more in this teaching. Giving thanks always for all things under God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we just went through Colossians, we told you about his inheritance. So God told us in Romans chapter number 8, let me show you Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter number 8, verse number 32, watch what it says. Romans chapter 8, verse 32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us, watch this, all things. Now, if God freely give us all things, then what did God give us? See, that's, that's why I'm teaching this message on giving thanks to the Father. Because if you're giving thanks to the Father, what you're giving thanks to the Father for? For all things. Why you need to give thank God thanks for all things? Because all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are to call according to his purpose. See, so that's what he's talking about, the all things. So when God gave you his son, he gave you all things. But he's talking about all things that pertain to life and godliness. So all things so you can live and live godly in this world. That's what they're for. So once again, Ephesians chapter 5. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, which is the same. So he's selling you the Father because there's the Son and there's the Holy Ghost. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's telling you he gave you all things, but it was, you got it through Christ. 
That's all that means, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning you got it through Christ. In the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the book of Acts, Israel got what they got in the name of Jesus Christ. Under Paul's teaching, you got what you got through Jesus Christ. That's why you have to understand what it means to say through faith. That's why you have to understand what it means to say by faith. In the name of Jesus Christ is by faith. Through Jesus Christ is through faith. Let me show you that in Romans chapter 3 and verse 30. Like I said before, you have no business messing with this book trying to teach somebody if you don't know yourself. Get taught first. Romans chapter 3 and verse 30. Seeing is one God which shall justify the circumcision. Watch this. How was Israel the circumcision justified? They were justified by faith. And how was the Jews, the Gentile justified, which was called the uncircumcision? They were justified through faith. So the Jews were justified by faith. They were made righteous by faith. Now what is by faith? In the name of Jesus Christ. The Jews were justified in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how they were made righteous. That's how they were saved. In the name of Jesus Christ. Their covenant was in the name of Jesus Christ. Your covenant is through Jesus Christ. That's why you can't get nothing unless you go through Jesus Christ. But the Jew, they had to get it in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, I hope you understand those two. All right, now let's go to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. I'm just glad and honored to be your teacher today. It's not really me, it's the Holy Ghost. But that's why Paul said he's working mighty in me. And that's how it have to be. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. Trust him. Rely on him. Communicate fellowship. Walk before him. Love him. Respect him. Realize that nothing you do without the Holy Spirit, nothing you got without the Holy Spirit. That's how you have to act. And the Lord will elevate you and promote you. All right, he'll take you into their abundant grace. Hallelujah. All right, now 1 Thessalonians, now watch how these go together. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Watch what it says. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It said, pray without ceasing. Now that's verse 17. But watch verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Now why am I doing this? Because I ask you a question. Not I, but the Lord asks us a question through the ministry of the Apostle Paul in first, that's in first, in Ephesians, sir, in Ephesians 5, 17. He said, wherefore, be, don't be unwise, he says, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He asks you a question. What is the will of the Lord? Let me read that out of the good news, Ephesians chapter number five. I want to make sure you out there on Facebook are keeping up with me. Ephesians chapter number five. I want to make sure you're keeping up with me this morning. Ephesians chapter number 5. We want to look at verse number 17. Just one verse. Watch this verse. It's so awesome. Ephesians 5, 17. He said, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. She said, look, don't just act thoughtlessly, but know what the Lord wants you to do. See, a lot of people, they get out here and they go, you know, I got to go do what God told me to do. And I, I just got to go do what God told me to do. What did God tell you to do? See, what ends up happening is you end up going to somebody who's not spiritual, knowledgeable, to give you counsel. So you just go do what you believe God told you to do. Well, I'm going to give you a little help today. A little help. This is not going to be everything, but a little help. You need to develop a walk with God. First of all, you got to understand the voice of the Lord. You got to understand the moving, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
All right. So watch what he says in, in Ephesians 5, 17. What is the will of the Lord? What the will of the Lord is. Now, if I go over here in Thessalonians, he's going to tell me what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. This is what the will of the Lord is. And everything give thanks. Number one, everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. So he's telling you what the will of the Lord is for you. Number one, pray without ceasing. He's giving you the will of God for your life. Most people go in the ministry and, and they don't know. See, right now, I'm on my last teaching in Ephesians. In, in this volume number three. How am I going to get my next teaching? Pray. Pray without ceasing. See, I got to go back to prayer to the Lord, and I got to do it with thanksgiving. Now, now, now I'm going to read this same thing in 1 Thessalonians. Out of the 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to go to the same thing. 1 Thessalonians. And I want to look at chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians, uh, chapter number 5, and I want to read verse 17. Watch what Paul says. In verse six, six, 16, he says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. See, he's telling you what to do. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Somebody ought to put that out for me. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. He's telling you what to do. And then it says, I'm reading out the NLT in 1 Thessalonians 5, now verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances. So you're going through situations right now, but that don't stop you from being thankful. See, be thankful in all circumstances. Whatever you're going through, you still got to be thankful. You ought to thank God this morning you're still alive. Thank God you still got your health and got your strength. Thank God that he's still taking care of you. Thank God that he's still on the throne. Listen, our God reigns. He reigns forevermore. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 17. What, what, a, what an awesome, awesome verse this is. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I want to read again, verse 18. He said, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who belong to Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you, who belong to Jesus Christ. So, so if you belong to Jesus Christ, your will, God's will for your life, is to pray without ceasing. God's will for your life is to be thankful be thankful, 1 Thessalonians 5, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Out of the King James Version. Let me read it again. King James, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Verse 16 says, rejoice forevermore. So if you just look at the word, it'll tell you what you need to do. Rejoice forevermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. All right, now, with that in mind, let's go show you in Paul's ministry, this is how he lived this life. Let's go to Romans chapter number one. Are you ready to go? Giving thanks to the Father. This is God's will for your life. This is what he wants you to do. Oh, yeah, I just got to go do what God told me. Well, I'm showing you what God told you to do. He didn't tell you to lead a church. See, that's why people do. They'll go way over here to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they go to the end of the chapter and say, God told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That is not what God told you to do, sir. Ma'am, listen to me. 35, th going on 36 years of pastoring, 40 years of ministry. Listen, that is not what God told you to do. That is what God told his 12 disciples to do. Not you. Nowhere in the, from the book of Romans all the way to the Philemon, nowhere in that book told you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is what man has taken, religion, tradition of man. They have missed it. Like I said, so many people go to church, we're confused. They're confused. They don't know. They, think they, they just think they're supposed to 
Go back to Matthew 28, Mark 16. That's where all the arguments in the church because baptism, we don't, see, God said baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, see? And then over here, this church is always supposed to baptize in the name of Jesus. All that is for Israel. The New Testament started with the book of Romans. Like I said before, you don't need to teach this if you don't know the word. You will confuse people's lives. Nowhere in the book of Romans, all the way until Philemon, is for you. Nowhere it tells you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And people have told people that over and over and over. They have left. But see, what happens is people build their big schools for they can charge you money. And then the poor pastor sits at church and don't have enough folk for Bible class because half of his church went to seminary to be taught the Bible by somebody who don't know the Bible. See, this is why we're in such a mess in churches. People, people who went to seminary got them a degree. Now they got their own seminary. And now they are teaching folks, and this pastor over here, half his church and left, they gone to seminary. Well, I'm going to seminary to learn the Bible so I can come back and help my pastor. But what did he do in them 10 years you left? What did he do in them five years you left? He had to take monies from the church and go pay and support those people to go somewhere learn the Bible when he's the pastor of the church. Can't you see something wrong with that picture? God anointed the pastor to teach the people the word, and yet he sent his people to somewhere that he don't even know, for they can teach the people a whole lot of stuff that they'll never need. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. Now let's go look at Paul's ministry, Romans chapter 1. We're going to start reading verse 1. So I'm showing you Paul. Paul said, giving thanks to the Father. This is how he lived. Romans 1, let's see what he did first. Here's the first book. Well, tell us what he did first. Romans 1 and verse 8. First, he says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Now, what is he getting into here? He says, so the first thing I do in prayer is thank my God for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. He said, this is what I do. I make mention of you always without ceasing in my prayer. Making requests. If by any means now at length I may have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. So Paul said, the first thing I do is I pray for you. Now I want you to hear me out there. People who are listening to me right now, you're in the body of Christ. I know a lot of times we said Door of Faith Christian Church, but this ministry now has grown to be larger than Door of Faith Christian Church. So you are listening to this broadcast. I want you to hear what I'm saying. My number one responsibility first is to pray for you, the body of Christ. You're part of my body. My job is to pray for you. It's no different than when I eat. When I eat a salad, I could have said a steak, but when I eat, it's for my whole body. So I'm not just praying for my hand. I'm not just praying for my right hand or my left hand. I'm not just praying for my kidneys. I'm, not just, I'm praying for my body. I pray to God that he heal my whole body. To be healed means to be made whole. So you're praying, pray for the body of Christ. Pray for the body, the body of every member. Because every member of the body 
is needed in the body. You build up the body. So I believe that's why God put us on live broadcasts. And once we go back to our indoor services, we are not going to leave live broadcasts because everything has changed. God has changed it. Now the key is this, is God has given us an opportunity to go to live broadcasts. What makes it bad is, as a pastor saying I've been ministering 35 years, and not be ready for live broadcast. What I mean by that, not just thank God for the people he has given to us who's setting all this stuff up and camera guys and everybody working together to do that. Thank God for that. But what would it be like if I still don't know the word? What would it be like out of all of this stuff that God is doing in these churches, spending all these money, and people still don't know the word? Man, it's an awesome thing to sit down and watch folks on television. Got all of this multi-million dollar equipment and cameras and still don't know the word. They're only going by what they heard. They f- people from their churches says over and over, religion and tradition of men don't know the word. I believe that's why God raised up this ministry. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Paul said, the first thing I do is I thank my God. We are reading once again Romans 1 and, 1 and verse 8. First thing I do is thank my God through Jesus Christ. Remember I told you through? They are saved in the name of Jesus Christ. You are saved through, the, through Jesus Christ. Through his death, and resurrection. They are saved by his name. You are saved through his death, and resurrection. So watch what it says. I thank my God through. I gave you that in Romans 3.30, remember? Through. Everything you get is through Jesus Christ. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, Paul says. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. So Paul's whole joy was that the people that he was pastoring, see, it's time out for sitting up in the church saying, yeah, yeah, that's it, Reverend. That's it, Reverend. Yeah, Reverend. Hey, Reverend. Hey, Reverend. Listen, church, it's time out. Now, you notice why we have been going through this pandemic This virus, how God has just put everybody out. Now, just see what he did and had us to start over again. Now, it's a shame for you to be out there on your phone, on your television, and can't nobody in the room hear nothing but you. See, the whole thing is people need to hear the word. And what has happened all these times, people come to church and they just sit up and they just try to mimic the pastor the whole time. The pastor speaking there. Yeah, pastor. That's it, brother. Come on, brother. Preach, brother. That's a hindrance to the body of Christ. You're keeping the people from hearing the word. It doesn't stop you from saying amen and thank you, Lord, and praise God. Oh, that's all. That's fine. But you shouldn't out-preach me. You shouldn't be as tired as I am when the service is over. Praise God. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, and, and rejoicing when the word comes forth. You ought to do that. But you don't just sit up and every time the pastor says something, just whatever he say, you say. So the people are the people are hearing you, they're not hearing me. You're supposed to say something because you heard the word. You enjoying the word. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. But it should not be every word I say, you say something. I just want to make sure I get that straight. Because in this ministry, we moved on. Amen. 
We moved on. Those people will be sitting at the last seat in the back. Amen. Amen. So learn how to behave yourself in the house of God. Amen. All right. Not just for this church. I'm speaking for all pastors who are afraid to say something. All right. Praise God. All right. Now let's move on. Now why did Paul say, I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken in all the world? Because he was proud of that church. And what he was saying was, I can't do this by myself. So I'm thankful that somebody's picking up my message. Somebody's learning my message. And it affecting their lives. Change is being made in the body of Christ. I'm hearing people talking about the faith that you're having. So what it does, it makes my preaching not in vain. I believe this is why Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I believe out of this came 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When Paul says in verse 9, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecute the church of God. Now remember, he didn't persecute the body of Christ. He persecuted the church of God. See, this is the people don't understand. There's the church of God, which was dominant Jews, and then there was the body of Christ, which was made up of all people who lost their identity in Christ. So that's what he's talking about. But he persecuted those Jews believers. That's why he was on his way to in Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 8, when he just got through persecuting Stephen. Chapter 9, he was on the way to Damascus. So he was persecuting those, those Jewish believers. But here he says, but by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I want somebody to repeat that out there for me. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, why is he saying this? Because I did not get where I am today because it was just me and Sister Crump. Somebody help me. So that's what Paul is saying. All those people out there helped me to be Apostle Paul. See, this is what really, that's what really caused tears to flow through my eyes when I see a young preacher, some old, and they jump out here and they say, yeah, I'm apostle somebody. Listen, don't you understand? God had to make you an apostle. God had to make Paul an apostle. God says, I'm going to show him how much he shall suffer. See, God not only educated him in the word of God, but God had to show him how much he's going to suffer to become one of his apostles. And the first thing people do is when they get, we don't have to go there, do we? The first thing they do is, I'm an apostle. Apostle means sent. And in the new covenant, you cannot find God sending you nowhere. God calls you into the grace of God. But everybody we got, that's why we don't have anybody in churches, everybody on the road. They sent. They sent to churches. Lord help us. By the grace of God. By the grace of God, Paul says, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. What Paul says, I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit on his life was the grace of God for him. And the Spirit of God labored through Paul until Paul was made an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now everybody who get to be somebody in the body of Christ, make sure you're not running in vain. That's a dangerous thing 
to say God said and God didn't say. To say God did and God didn't do. You endanger your own salvation. Let's move on. Now, let's go to the book of Colossians and we're going to go to chapter 3. So everything that Paul talked about brought us down to you being thanked. So the first thing he says, he want to pray for those people. Praying for the body of Christ. Because those are the people who made his job easier. His ministry. If people had not been touched by the grace of God, then his ministry would have been in vain. But then when he go into different places, he would hear people talking about a church that he had established and how well they were doing and how strong they were. So that, that, that encouraged the man of God, and that encouraged me. Though of faith, I just want you to hear that for me. That encourages me when I can see that we, we are not able to bring you in here right now, but we're still seeing that we are seeing five and 600 people per Sunday, per service, watching our broadcast. And I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful to know that the majority of these people is from the Door of Faith Christian Church, but they are from the body of Christ. That's why I would keep saying that our ministry is changing. Door of Faith Christian Church is not just in these walls no more. You know, we got people from all over now contacting us and, and, and texting us and, and letting us know they're enjoying this ministry because they have somebody who can teach them the grace of God. We are in the dispensation of grace, Romans 6, 14. We are under, the, under grace. We are not under the law, but we are under grace, Romans 6, 14. So if you're under grace, you've got to have somebody who can teach you the grace of God. We went through those days where we've had uh, dry and whatever, whatever it was, the seasons and whatever they called it. But man, it's time for the word. In the world, look what you got in the world. So when you come into the church, you're going to have to have the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace to destroy those yokes and lift those burdens from the people. So watch this in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14. Watch what Paul said. I'm going to start reading verse 13. Now remember, he's giving you his, how he got to where he was. Giving thanks to the Father. Why would this burst out of his spirit? In verse 13, forbearing one another. We are Colossians 3, 13. Forbearing one another. Listen to how he just worded everything. Forgiving one another. See, when you forbear somebody, that's long-suffering. You're putting up with somebody a long time. Well, you can't do that if you're not walking in love. Forgiving one another. See, I told you last week, two weeks ago, God has forgiven us. Receive it. God has given us his grace. Receive it. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to continue to be receiving. Colossians 3 says, Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So that's what whole God thing is. It's forgive people. You'll never grow in Christ if you don't learn to forgive. Let me say it again. You'll never grow in Christ if you don't learn to forgive. You can't walk in love you can't walk in the spirit if you don't learn to forgive. Regardless of what people have done to you, forgive them. To forgive them is to release them. Is to release them. That's what the Old Testament called loose, binding loose. Well, when you lose people, I know you got folks out here trying to bind the devils and loose the devils and all this stuff. Listen, if you forgive folk, you loose them, okay? If you don't forgive them, you'll bind them. And nowhere else God told you nothing about no binding and loosing. All right, so all that's religious stuff. All right. Now, let's move on. And Colossians said to us, and above all, look how he worded this thing. And in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14, above all. Now, that's awesome. 
and above all these things, put on charity. So God, number one thing for your life is to walk in love. I want you to say it out there, walk in love. To put on charity has to be a lifestyle. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on God's love. Put on charity. That's what you got to do. Put on charity. Above all things. Why? Because love is the bond of perfectness. Love is the bond of perfectness. Now what's he talking about? It doesn't do any good if you got all of these things, spiritual things, and they are not held together. It takes love to bind them together, to hold them together. See, that's what he's talking about. Above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And then it says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Listen to all these things he's telling you to do. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Put on charity. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you are called in one body, watch this, and be thankful. And be thankful. And then the verse 16, it just goes on, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is an awesome verse. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. See, he's showing you your fellowship with the Lord's increasing. Thanksgiving, your life is increasing. I'm going to show you in a moment how to abound in Thanksgiving. I'm going to show you how to have Thanksgiving to overflow in your life. Most people can't get Thanksgiving to overflow in their life because, first of all, you didn't start out right. The first thing he told you is with joyfulness. So if I take you right back, let me show it to you. If I go right back to Colossians chapter 1. And this is one of the greatest problems that people have in the body of Christ. They're not joyful. The Bible said make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Rejoice. Most people are not happy. Most people are not joyful. I don't really like the saying, don't let the devil take your joy, because I don't think the devil can take your joy. I think situations come in your life where you don't walk in the joy of the Lord, and that's something you never supposed to not do. To walk in the joy of the Lord is how you get to the word thanksgiving. You got to have joy in your heart so you can get to thanksgiving. You can't thank God without joy. See, so don't, don't fall into the enemy traps. Giving thanks to the Father. Part five. Giving thanks to the Father. But how do you got to give thanks? With joy. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to show it to you. Colossians chapter number one. And verse 11, watch what it says. Strengthen with all might, Colossians 1, 11. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, under all patience and long-suffering, watch this, with joyfulness. Now that doesn't stop right there. It said, with joyfulness, giving thanks to the Lord. Man, I was, I was going over there one day, and the Lord says, he said, you didn't start off, you didn't start that verse off right. Because I was teaching on giving thanks unto the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord, giving thanks unto the Lord. He said, look, the verse before told you you have to do it with joyfulness. So I want you to cry out out there, howl out for me out there, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. How do I supposed to give thanks to the Father? With joyfulness, with the fruit of the Spirit. That's why he told you in that verse, Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering. But then he stopped right there and says, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. He said, that's how that's supposed to be read. 
with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. How do you supposed to give thanks to the Father? With joyfulness. Listen, why do you think we got the cross? The cross is the finished work of God. What do this cross mean? It means the finished work of God. This, this is a, a display of God's love. So if you ever say, Lord, do you love me? He just reached to the cross. Do I love you? It's not do I love you, how much? Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. He didn't only lay down his life for his friend. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God died for you. God came here, put on flesh through his son and died for all mankind so you can have eternal life. Want to know, does he love you? What he wants from you? Giving thanks to the Father. You can't do nothing else. We hear arguing about water baptism. We hear arguing about foot washing, arguing about the bread on the table. Listen, it's not about that no more. He has come here and has finished the work. The Son has finished the work that the Father has given him to do. What do we supposed to do? With joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father. He has given us all things in Christ. And all he asks us to do is give him thanksgiving. Be thankful. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What is God's will for your life? It's so you can be a person of prayer and thanksgiving. Watch what it says. Colossians chapter 1. With joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father. Man, when God showed me that, I'm going like, my God, look at this. With joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What an awesome God we serve. So in, in Colossians out of the chapter number 3, look what it says again. And verse number 13, forbidden, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. We're in Colossians 3.13. If any man have a quarrel within, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectness. And then it said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. And be thankful. All the way through the word of God, he continued to stress, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart richly in all wisdom, teaching, monishing one another, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Singing with grace, you got to be thankful. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God. Giving thanks, there it is again. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Giving thanks. Man, what a mighty God we serve. Well, my time is already gone. I thank you for yours. I want to give you a few verses to tell you how we can know that we will spend eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. You have to first believe and the record God gave of his son to the Gentiles. There's a record God gave of his son to the Jews. That's in 1 John 5. But also in 1 Corinthians 15, there's a record God gave to the Gentiles how we were saved. 1 Corinthians 15, one more, well, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins. Well, how did he die? He died on the cross. He was crucified for you. According to the description, that he was buried, 
and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. This is how you are saved by believing in your heart that God sent his son to die on the cross for your sin. You, we needed the blood of Christ to be saved. It took his precious blood to wash away our sins and he has now been buried and raised again from the dead for our justification, Romans 4.25. And so now you receive Christ's death and resurrection and God automatically gives you eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.